You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And a good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. And I hope you remember to change your clocks because if you didn't, you're going to miss the show. Um, anyway, uh, it is the, the new time, 9 here in the out in the west, noon out east, and wherever you are in between, it's going to be 10 or 11 for you. So uh, anyway, bear with me. I seem to have lost my voice. I was actually in New York last week and did something for uh, Fox. And I guess as is pretty typical of me, I did a little too much talking. So I am paying the price as we speak. So um, I'm going to have to keep the voice toned down low a little bit. I hope you guys can all hear me. Anyway, uh, you're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Here for you, here for your pets, here to answer your questions, anything you want to talk about. I, of course, have my agenda, but we can talk about anything. So uh, give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, toll-free, 877-385-8882. You can also join us live on Google Hangouts. Here's how you do it. Go to PetLifeRadio.com, log on to the Click on the Shows, click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a Google Hangouts link there. And click on the link, and you can join us here live with you, with your pets, ask us any questions, etc. A very easy way to converse with us. Uh, and, of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Brevecto, my new favorite flea and tick product, Save This Life Microchip. Of course, we are still trying to get Chance White here live on the air with us to talk about microchips and lost pets and the pros and cons and the types of microchips you should be looking for and uh, sort of sift through their number of companies out there. What makes one better than the other? Also, ProSense Pet Products and, of course, Kong Veterinary Products which is basically trying to raise awareness, uh, animal welfare and animal wellness through the arts. So anyway, I want to talk about cold weather because even here, as I wake up this morning here in not so sunny Southern California, and it is all overcast and it's cold. And you're going to get at your violins and you're going to complain that here I am complaining that, oh, my God, it's cold in Los Angeles when it hits 65 degrees. At night actually drops down to 50. Oh my God. So I get it. I was just in New York last week. I know it was a little chilly, but it's all relative and it's relative for our pets as well. So we're going to talk about some cold weather tips as we approach the winter months. Winter is about what, six, seven, eight weeks, seven weeks away. So it's important to kind of get a feel for what you should do and what you should not do. But I did read something interesting. You know, we, we covered allergies about two, three weeks ago and I saw a blurb. You know, I, as I mentioned, Food allergies in pets is only anywhere, if you ask the experts, between 15 and 20% of allergies in pets is really actually actually related to food. So, and everybody's, you know, going out there and, and doing, doing all this food stuff. And it's almost like not so fast. Let's, let's rule out the much more common causes of canine allergy first before jumping to foods. However, what I read, which is very interesting, if in fact your pet does have food allergies, 70% of food allergies, if it's legitimately a food allergy, are going to be beef, dairy, or wheat. And what I find so interesting is there's some, a lot of, I would say a lot, but there are a number of foods out there that are using barley, that are using corn as their grain. And everyone's saying, oh my God, 
oh my God, you can't feed corn. Because I read that, oh, this breed is allergic to corn. So I found it very interesting coming from a boarded veterinary dermatologist that from their research, 70%, 70% of food allergies have nothing to do with corn. It's beef, dairy, or wheat. So you're better off actually thinking about a, a gluten-free kind of diet than you would be something else. But some of the grains out there are just fine for your pets. Anyway, let's talk cold. You know, as we know, it's going to get a little chillier. And a number of things happen in the winter as we change from an outdoor lifestyle to more of an indoor lifestyle. And first of all, as we know, starting today, the days are shorter. So we have to make some adjustments here because, first of all, our animals work on their own circadian clock rhythm. So they're going to notice a change. If you were like my pets, even though you wanted to take advantage of that extra hour this morning, guess what? Your pet didn't know that, oh, no, it wasn't 6 o'clock. It's now it's only 5 o'clock. So no, no, no. They, for them, it's 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whenever it is that their routine normally tells them it's time. It's time to get up and go to the bathroom. It's time to eat. It's time for playtime. Whatever that time is, they don't get it. So the first thing we have to deal with is that. And it's going to be a, a slow process. It could take several days. And, um, and that's what we uh, need to do. So next up is the cold, of course. And the fact that because of the cold, especially if you are in the north, the northeast, if you are in the Midwest, it gets pretty darn cold out there in Kansas City during the winter. We know that your dogs are going to not be spending as much time outdoors as they usually are. So what do we do? How do we, with indoors, and it's the same thing with us, you kind of suffer that depression. And really, I would love to hear from anybody listening how your pets normally deal with this change in climate and the change in the daylight hours, the change in your own attitude when you get home from work at 5 o'clock or 5.30, and during the spring and summer, it's light, it's still warm, and you want to get out, you want to get that leash, take that nice long walk, that's great. But don't tell me you have that same vigor and vim and that same excitement to get that leash when you get home at 5 o'clock. It's been dark for an hour, and it's 30 degrees outside. It's a little bit different, isn't it? I mean, emotionally, mentally. It's a little different. And so, you know, our pets, our dogs don't always understand that. So they're looking at you saying, hey, it's only five o'clock. Where's our walk? So very, very important to make those necessary adjustments and understand they need that exercise time. We are not the only creatures on the planet who are likely to put on weight during the fall and winter months. Those few extra pounds, it happens to our pets as well. Why? The same reason it happens to us because we are not making adjustments in the caloric intake. However, we're making huge adjustments in our exercise. And so therefore, if you ate the same but burned less calories, guess what? It, it happens to everybody, and that is it, they, we're going to put on those few extra pounds, and it's happening to our pets as well. So it's very important that we meet, need to make some adjustments in, our, in their diets if, in fact, we are not going to keep them on the same exercise schedule. So your choices are relatively easy. Cut down the food a little bit. When you do go out with them, make that walk five, seven minutes longer. You know, you figure you're bundled up already. Why not take advantage of it? And how about thinking of things that you maybe occasionally did, but maybe during this time of year you want to do more often? How about the taking them to the agility courses 
or the doggy daycare facilities, those indoor facilities that have running areas and exercise areas, and they get training and they're, you know, jumping through hoops and they're playing with other dogs. That is a great way for them to expend energy. If you're not going to take them to the dog park and throw out that tennis ball, at least drop them off at the doggy daycare facility. A little more expensive? Yeah, it is. But it's going to do wonders for your pet. And what we notice is some of our pets, when they start getting bored, they start getting anxious, they start getting fidgety, what do they like to do? Well, guess what? Those wonderful, often expensive objects around your house, be they furniture legs, be they a couch corner, be they a staircase, or or your favorite shoes, they become more of a target for our pets when they get bored. In fact, if you think backwards, what is the one exercise, the one recommendation by a dog trainer when you are dealing with a destructive dog? They all say the same thing. You got to get them out and you got to burn up their energy. You got to get them moving. You got to get them walking. You got to get them running. And you have to give them things that they like to do. So therefore, we can deduce from that that when they are not expending that kind of energy, guess what? They are going to start becoming more destructive. So they are closely interlinked. And it's very important that we make our adjustments in their lifestyle to combat these problems. We don't want to get mad at them, but it's our fault. And it's nature's fault. And it's whoever decided to make our day shorter fault by changing the clocks. You know, personally, I don't mind getting up and it's still dark outside as long as it's light in the late afternoon. And by changing the clocks, as we know, different story. So it's one of those things that we uh, are going to make an adjustment. When we come back, don't go away. We're going to talk about some truly winterizing your pets. What to do when you leave them outside, put on them when they go for walks, how to protect their feet, how to protect them from the cold, etc. So... Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes after these short words from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks. So trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. We mature handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. 
If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. Here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Bench with Dr. Jeff. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the transition to cold weather. And I do want to hear from you. You see, if you call and talk or join us on Google Hangouts, then I don't have to. And as you can hear, the voice is having a tough time holding up. So 877-385-8882. Give us a call or join us live. Pet Life Radio. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Scroll down to the Google Hangouts link. Click on it and join us live here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets. So before the break, we kind of talked about the transition. I already mentioned about the diet, how we need to reduce calories, increase exercise, do go that extra mile. So anyway, my recommendation is to increase the, the exercise and or decrease the caloric intake. But what about when they're outside? Aren't dogs wearing their fur coats? They can handle the cold. And the truth is, yes, they can. However, when it's the same for us, if you're going to go out and it's 30 degrees or 25 degrees outside and you're standing still or you're walking very briskly or even crazy enough to run, aren't you less cold when you're moving and running and more cold when you're standing still? Same thing with our pets. So when they're outside during the day, it's unlikely they really have enough room to actually run. Oh, they can move around, yes, but I'm talking run. So don't kid yourself and think, well, no, but I have a, a nice size yard. I mean, it, it's better than not having a yard, of course, or a, just a patio or a balcony in an apartment building. However, they really need to generate some body heat. Also, when the wind chill hits, if it's cold and windy, that can be very, very dangerous, even for dogs like sled dogs. You know, look, they do much better than we do. They have that double coat. So your your Malamutes, your Huskies, your Samoyeds, they, I mean, they really are built for the cold weather. That's great. But even for them, they're always moving. And if they're not moving, they can't handle it as well. And also understand this. When you make the association between a dog's body weight and surface area, the larger the surface area per body weight, which is the case in smaller breeds, believe it or not, it's the poodles. It's the Palms, it's the Maltese, the Yorkies. Their body surface area in relation, relative to their body weight, is greater. Therefore, they have more of a body surface area to lose their heat to. And therein lies the problem. So when you see these little guys walking around with those cute little sweaters and vests, don't laugh. Don't laugh at all. It is actually something that they need. And so... And it, don't feel badly. I know people might make fun of you and they think you don't have to get the cutest thing on the planet. You have to go get something quirky. But to put them on a sweater or a vest of some sort actually will help 
them not lose so much of their own body heat to the outside cold environment. The bigger dogs obviously don't need as much, but they do need shielding and shelter from the cold and the wind chill. If you have doggy doors, then make sure they can have, a, if you have a mud room, make sure they have access to go someplace where they can get away from the cold. That would be great. So that's something you want to definitely keep in mind. Other things, water. If it's really cold outside, I mean, so cold that water will freeze in its water bowl, then again, you need to make some adjustments. I would say, again, leave them in the house longer. Have them, you can buy these water bowls that actually have the ability to heat in the water. So they keep the water heated while it's in the water bowl. I mean, not hot, just not frozen. So that's an idea. Someone told me about a, a double lined water bowl that has some like, a, like an antifreeze in it that might help the water from freezing. Again, something you could try, you could look for, but there, there are products out there. Another idea, if you have a dog house and your dog does stay outside much of the day or does not have access to indoors, so they have a dog house, you should cover the front of the dog house with something that's almost like a mesh that they can, like a door to a tent, so they can push through. It'll shield them a little bit more from the cold. And also, think about a space heater. You can get these very safe space heaters. Again, they don't generate a lot of heat per se, but they will, you know, keep it into the 50 or 60 degree range. And again, that's something that's more comfortable for your pet. So that is another option. Of course, the best option is if you can leave them inside for as long as you can or have access to a doggy door. But I do worry about the frozen water and I worry about these dogs freezing. Another problem we see with dogs in the cold weather is going to be their feet. If you use the argument that, well, they have their own fur coat on, so therefore they don't need a coat. You know, that's not a bad argument. And as I said, if they're moving around, most large breeds are fine in the cold weather. I mean, you see dogs in the snow all the time, frolicking, playing, romping, running. They're having a blast. But the ice on the feet can cause some uh, frostbite only because they do not have a lot of that fur protection on the feet. And the pads are more sensitive to the cold than the haired body areas. Also, many municipalities will often put something on the ground. Sometimes it's a very coarse salt or some chemical to help melt the ice on sidewalks and streets for the protection of cars and the pedestrians. Well, that stuff is very irritating to a dog's feet. So also, I would look for some kind of foot protection. Many, many products out there. There's protectors. There are these booties you can get that will act as a shield, as a barrier between your dog's pads and the icy surface, and especially the icy surface with the um, chemicals. So that too is a suggestion to keep these dogs' feet also safe. As far as cats, my big concern of cats, and we hear this often, I'm sure you've heard this as well, that cats are pretty smart, granted, and they will find warmth if they are outdoor cats. My cats, I don't have to worry about that. Number one, they're indoors. And number two, let's face it, out here in LA, it doesn't get that cold. But back east, it's a big problem for these cats. So where do they often find refuge? Well, cats will often find refuge on a engine block under the hood of a car, very accessible from underneath the car. So they get under that car, the warmth is there, they climb up and they will find a nice, warm, comfy spot right on top of the engine, right under the hood, and unfortunately, right near the fan belt. So what happens? The You go in the morning, you sit in your car, 
and the first thing you do, you want to generate the heat in your car, you start your engine. Well, as soon as you start that engine, sometimes even if you just slam the door, that freaks this cat out. The cat jumps up and starts to make a beeline. But if you just started the engine, the closest place it might run is right into that fan belt. And that is really, really bad. And I can only tell you, I've seen it. I've seen cats that have not survived it because they usually don't. What I would recommend to all of you out there, whether you own cats or not, is when you walk outside in the winter and you're about to get in your car, take your hand and just bang on the hood of your car just a few times. Not so hard that it dents your hood, but just bang on it. So if there is a cat that is comfortably sleeping, having taken advantage of the warmth of your car, that he doesn't end up dying in a fan belt. That would be a really, really bad thing. So sweaters, increased exercise, keep your pets warm, space heaters, doggy doors for the cats, banging on your hood of your cars. These are all things, oh, booties or some sort of paw protectors, all things that are really, really a good idea to start thinking about as we get into this colder weather and better be prepared than not. And now it's a good time to start contacting some of these doggy daycare facilities, these facilities that might have agility courses, might have large areas, a lot of dogs to play around in. It's a lot of fun. And um, as an alternative to keeping your little guy inside all day or outside in the freezing cold. So if you have any questions about this, you can always get a hold of me at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors, Provecto Flea and Tick, one pill, chewable, tasty, good for three months. The KVP Kong Veterinary Products, raising awareness of animal wellness through the arts and more than a cone events. The Save This Life microchip. Again, I, I, I promise you, I threaten you at some point. We're going to have Chance White on talk about microchips a little bit more. And of course, ProSense pet products. Pet products available to you through the mass market that are have that veterinary quality for you and your pets. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.